Got something on your mind? We do too. So wherever you are, whether you're walking your dog, on the train, or just sitting at home, let's have a conversation. All right. Good morning, evening, night, wherever, whenever you're listening. What's up, man? You right? Happy Monday. That's where it is where we are. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, speaking from the future, of course. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, how's it going? Not too bad, man. Had a it's my birthday a few days ago. Oh, we love to see it. Yeah, twenty three now, yeah. and uh, big age at your big age. At my big age now, it really is at my big age. I have yeah. to I have to act very correct now because as a a supposed mature, sophisticated, <laughs> I like to think, 23-year-old man. Yeah. It's a perception though, right? I have to live up to my big age. Yeah, I'm still mentally 14. Yeah, nah. It doesn't beat my mental five, but, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, I, I, I think, so, so I'm 22, right? And I, and I just think, like, when, when, when did I reach this age? You know, like I remember being 16, like literally yesterday. Yeah. And that sounds like such a dad thing. To it say. sounds like a cliche, but you know, when parents and old, you know, people are older than you tell you live these years because you grew up really fast. They pass by so quickly. I'm like, no, I mean, yeah. it's years. I mean, yeah. years is a long time. Mate, yeah. mate. I mean, I'm still, I feel like my body's not keeping up with the, uh, the speed of yeah. time right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. The speed of time. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, but yes. How, how, do you, how do you think you've grown though? Like uh, we say that we've grown like fast and I think a lot of people our age can definitely like relate to that. Um, but how, how would you say that you've grown? Depends in what sense because... Whatever sense comes to mind. Someone told me the other day, um, I'm not sure who said this quote, but I really like it. And it went, if you don't wreck, if the five, how do I say this properly? So go back five years. So right now that's my 18 year old self. Mm -hmm. If my 18 year old self doesn't recognize my 23 year old self in most ways, then I've done something right. Okay. Um, and I was thinking about that the other day and I barely recognize myself mm. in a good sense, in the sense of, feel like my priorities changed a lot for the better. Yeah. I kind of found a bit of my meaning of life, mm. which I didn't know at 18. Yeah. My interests change. My, say my discipline changed quite a lot as well because, you know, when you get older or when adulthood hit me a little bit more, I realized a lot of things have consequences. Mm -hmm. So not doing something also comes under that. It will have its consequence later. Right. So I think that's that's a very abbreviated way, but it goes back to that thing of I don't really recognize myself, but in a good way. Hmm. I mean, it can be good, it can be bad, right? yeah, and it can be a bit of both. Like, what's to say one is good, one is bad? Yeah. As like, if you're happy with yourself right now, and that has been as a result of some sort of change, then. Yes, call it good, but what may be a good change for one person may not be a good change for another, and the change may be the exact same. I like um, how you use those in a relative sense. Yeah, I've spoken about this before, haven't I? Like I've you, said, like that you know, good may not necessarily be good, bad not necessarily may not necessarily be bad. Whatever it means, right? You yeah, know, you, you put it yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I might have also said this before, but like, I like. I've heard the saying before, like never judge the moment. Just because a, a moment may feel amazing doesn't necessarily mean that 
you know, it's a good, good in quotation marks thing and on the, on the vice versa as well, right? And like, I'm trying to think about what you mean by that. So like, I would give, I would give like the example, which I heard, but I'll butcher it, but it's basically like something that you think is a horrible thing in the moment may end up being a great thing in the future. Like that's kind of like the base behind that. Right. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Uh, the exa- okay. An example that comes to mind, let, let's say you break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Yep. At the moment, that may seem like a horrible thing, right? It, it may seem like the worst thing ever in neg- that moment, yeah. Negative, right? Yep. But like in the process of sort of like, you know, I mean, not grieving on the right word, but sort of like, you know, building back up. Healing. Yeah. Healing. Healing is a good word. Yeah. Healing. In the process of healing and like, you know, reaching out to people, you may sort of grow, let's come back to growth, like grow for the better. You may look at yourself a year after that breakup and say that breakup was even though I didn't know at the moment, maybe like the best thing that ever happened to me because yeah. of how I grew from that. Yeah. Right. So I think like it's a very like monk thing to say, but it's kind of like never judge the moment. Like nothing is ever good. Nothing is ever bad. It's just what it is. It's just acceptance. It's just, yeah, it is yeah, what it is. You accept and you, the moment it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. And that isn't, that isn't to say that you like don't necessarily feel the emotion that you're mm-hmm. feeling in the moment. Like for sure feel that, but you know, I think a lot of people, people have said this to me, like a lot of people think that I'm quite neutral, like a lot of things, like I don't have any strong emotion to a lot of things. Rahil is a lizard. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you don't see me, that's because I've like, you know, I'm a comedian basically. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think it like, you know, it is what it is, is basically like, yeah. it comes down to that basically. That's a good mindset to have. There's you know, they say when you go from one extreme to the other, mm. of course, feeling extreme happiness, I'm using the word extreme in terms of, you know, think of like happiness to sadness. That's just, you know, I'm very much generalizing it here, but it's a whole spectrum of things in between and different kinds of emotions as well. You know, if you lean towards one side of the spectrum too much, it's easy to jump back to the other side of the spectrum. There's also a biochemistry basis behind this when you feel very happy you have a lot of serotonin and dopamine for -hmm. example Mm -hmm. so you know you get you get an extra amount of that so the baseline of your brain changes a little bit so now when you experience let's just say a minor inconvenience you feel a bit worse about that whereas if you're more neutral about things I feel like we're encouraging people to be a bit emotionless (laughs) but it's not that just to be sure I'm not sure if I agree with that though like, surely, okay, let's, surely someone who is quite, I mean, okay, wait, hold on. I mean, let me see if I can phrase this correctly. I agree with some aspects of what you just said and don't agree with others, right? What I agree with is that, like, if you are happy and very, very happy, like one end of the spectrum that you were sort of mentioning, yeah, then, like... That's it, never a bad thing, though. It's never a bad thing, no, but it's, great thing, like, yeah. there will be times where you're you're off that side of the spectrum and you're on the other side, right? Um, and I'm not necessarily like, because it's a very subjective thing, you know, like yeah. what is good, what is bad. Um, but like I have a friend, I have a friend who told me like, dude, I've been so happy for the last couple of months. That's a sure. But like he, yeah. he said following that, he says, surely that's going to change like somehow, right? Which is such, a, it, it seems like a dark thing to say, but he's basically saying like, look, 
like life is full of up and downs, right? And I'm on an up and I have been on up for a while, right? When will the down come? This doesn't feel normal, basically. Now, I'll just like let that sit there because I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that. Yeah. But coming back to what I was saying before, what I disagree with what you're saying is that like, like you were saying that if you're extremely happy and you have a minor inconvenience, then the chances are that you get flipped to the other side of this spectrum, so you call it, right? And like, surely if you're happy, more needs to happen for you to get down and go to the other side of that spectrum, right? Because like, you're at a place where even though, even though this thing has happened to you, there's so many other things that are happening in your life that makes you, you know, happy. So surely like the, like the good things outweigh the bad. I think the way I wanted to enunciate that was if you, if you feel very happy, let's say on a scale of zero to a hundred, you're at a hundred and you're at a hundred for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Even if you go down to 80, that's still above that 50 mark. So you're still on the happy side. Let's just generalize it that way. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, and I've, I've seen this and there is some, um, there is, as I said, some biochemistry even behind this. Yeah. Even if you're in quotations, less happy, that feels off. Mm. Whereas if you're constantly at a 75%, which is, I'm not saying to encourage that, mm -hmm. but it's just, you know, that this may be like a statistic. If you're constantly at like, let's say a 70, 75%, a bit more or a bit less wouldn't feel as different. Mm. So it's not about you're at a hundred, something might have happened to go down to 15. Yeah. It's more about you're at a hundred, which is good, but sometimes you'll be at an 80 or a 70, mm. but it's less than the hundred. So, you know, you, you may perceive the day as being worse when in fact it's not. Mm -hmm. I see that. What do you think about that? See, that's, it's very loose the way I'm putting it. Yeah. And this is, this is kind of what I'm thinking, right? It's like the way that it's expressing, it's like this happens, then some, some thing on a scale is shifted basically. Yeah. And like, in terms of your emotions, how you feel in a moment, that doesn't come down to this thing happens, you drop down to this level, right? And we talked about happiness before, so I don't like a repeat, I don't like, you know, want to repeat a conversation that we've had and in terms of like what happiness means yeah. and stuff. But like, I think, what do, I, what do I think? I think that like something happens that, triggers some sort of emotion inside you of course right but what goes on past that you know maybe 30 seconds that the thing happens a lot of things change right so like the the, the reason why i don't know what to say in answer to what you what you just said or in, in response to what you just said is because like like the emotions that you feel are so much more than just a shifting of a scale Right. I mean, this is what we're, we're saying it, we're putting it in this way for it to make sense. Of course. But like, it's the most complex thing though. Isn't obviously it? it doesn't like, yeah. it doesn't like, you know, encapsulate the complexity of what emotions are, like how you feel in a moment, maybe different to how you feel once you've sat back and thought about it and yeah. stuff like that. And like, you know, sometimes I feel like, okay, is it possible to like really capture the complexity of emotions? Haven't found a way yet. Um, and I don't think we will. I know that sounds pessimistic, but it's, Honestly, as you said, to capture the, you said it well, capturing the complexity 
of how we humans feel emotion is yeah it's so deep even you i mean i was walking to uni today listening to music and depending on the song that i was playing my emotions were just going up and down and it didn't feel just like you know like this standard one layer feeling of um you know positive negative or anything in between or neutrality mm-hmm. it was more you know it was a very deep feeling it was a mix of you know confidence um anticipation excitement maybe a bit of anxiousness you know mm-hmm. it's such a always a complex concoction of a lot of things um yeah it's yeah emotions are emotional complex things man um yeah. why do you think we have emotions as humans like it's a defense mechanism against what though i think it's also it also captures our intelligence in a sense because when we feel something we understand that thing to a deeper level right right past the facts that you've processed yeah i mean we have i like to i like to generalize it and think you know how we say think with our brain think with our heart yeah i think of that as think with logic think with emotion yeah right the two together is something very powerful i think right and i think emotion um i mean i think it just gives us a lot of value to the things we do every day it's a sort of it's a push no i agree I, I I agree. Like emotion definitely makes our lives what it is. Like, yeah. um, and I think it's very. I don't know what a life would be like if you didn't have any emotions. Like, yeah. what if everything was just neutral and like logistic, like logic based? You know, like I, I'm, it definitely adds value. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't. I I just I, I've never I have kind of looked into it, but not really. Like, we as humans have evolved to have emotions. Right, there is some. There must be some sort of like evolutionary or scientific reason why we have emotions. And then, yeah, like people say, it's a defense mechanism, or it was a defense mechanism back in the day. But like, that doesn't really make sense. Like, there's certain emotions that make sense as a defense mechanism. Stuff like you know, anxiety, stress. Yeah. You know, like when you're being attacked or something. Like back in the hunter gatherers days, right? Yeah. You know, like that as a defense mechanism makes sense, right? But how is like happiness or joy a defense mechanism? Tells you you've done something, you're doing something good. But but do you see where the question's originating from? Like where does that come from? Right? Like yeah. what like what part of evolution has told us that, okay, cool, you have this thing called joy? I oh. like this because it is one of those un- unanswered questions in science. Yeah. What emotions truly are on the very basic level is just different concentrations of different neurotransmitters yeah and depending on the ratio of these different things like you know most people have heard of dopamine or serotonin mm-hmm. um when you're in love with someone that's oxytocin right um that's the one related to you know mating and reproduction and things like that so mm-hmm. you know maybe there's that natural aspect dopamine comes with so if you eat something that's high in sugar high in fat your taste buds respond in you know something tastes really good you know we often like sugary food or we often like you know we like our cheat days you know our you know whatnot all our all our unhealthy in quotation food because having fat in your body is actually a very good thing you can go days without eating if you have fat storage Mm -hmm. because your body can break it down it's a good hunter gatherer mechanism right right back in the day when we had to hunt food what did we really have to do right it was it was a hard thing we could go days without food but if we get something rich in sugar rich in fat Oh, we're good, you know. It's mm. a lot of energy expenditure there. 
Yeah. Anyway, I went off, went off in a bit of a tangent there, but that's really what emotions are. That's what dop- dopamine is, the reward emotion. So when we do something good, we eat that food actually gives us, you know, a dopamine release because we, you know, our primal brain doesn't know the difference between healthy or unhealthy food. It just recognizes fat, sugar, good for body, storage, I am safe, right? Mm. It's a whole topic. It's kind of like the question of why we sleep. That's still an unanswered question in science. We find out kind of what it does. Yeah. Which is, you know, for kind of organizing, you know, the neurons in our brain and memory recollection and memory um, Mm. filtration and whatnot. Mm. But it's still a big unanswered question. Yeah. It's so interesting. I mean, like, speaking of sleep, I'm like, you've read like Matt Walker's Why We Sleep. Yeah. That is a scary book. Like I haven't read the book like itself, but I've like, I've read like summaries. I've heard him speak. Yeah. So like, I kind of have an idea of the, some of the things that he mentions. Yeah. And like, it's like scary. It is, it is. It is scary. I, I love that you asked that question though. Why do we have emotions? Yeah. I could give you some answer. Yeah. But not really all of it. And I encourage I always encourage people to ask yourself these questions. Yeah. Why Why do we have emotions? Why do we sleep? I never really thought about that until reading yeah. Matthew Walker's book yeah, or yeah, until yeah. I was gifted Matthew Walker's book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the title of it was Why We Sleep. And then I was like, wait, why do we sleep? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. he starts the book by saying like, look, from the, from the outset, like sleep seems like a very disadvantageous thing. It is. Right? Like, like, yeah. This is time where you're not alert. And like back in the hunter-gatherer days, that could basically mean you're killed right? Because yep. you're not alert, right? So what is the point of sleeping? Are we really just batteries? <laughs> <laughs> but like, actually, this is a good point. Like, if someone is listening to this, and they know a little bit more about, you know, the, like, the neuro, like, the science behind emotions, and like, you know, I'd love to why, like, the hormones and stuff like that, like, yeah, I'd love to, yeah. like, honestly, like, let us know, because I am just as confused as most people may potentially it's be. such a big question. I'm doing... Um, I'm doing a neuroscience course right now Mm. and there's just so many big questions. It's such a huge field. Why our brains, because our brains control everything, right? Yeah. That thing about emotions and, um, you know, sleeping two of many. Yeah. Why are there all, you know, there's just so many big questions to answer. Yeah. Which I think is crazy. I, I just, it's exciting. I encourage people to always think about that. You know, sometimes I walk in the park and I'm like, why did that bird just fly to that place over there? Yeah. What was it? About, what what motivated him to do that? You know, yeah. I know that sounds a bit, you know, crazy. Yeah, maybe. call it a little bit. A little I was bit. staring at a leaf for thirty minutes this morning. Uh huh. Of course you were. Doesn't that sound? Bro, it was floating. It was just like in the air. It was floating in the air. It was it was like windy, just the perfect amount that this leaf that fell off the tree was spinning and flying in the air at a perfect. In, a, in such a way, in a perfect manner, such that it was just floating in the same spot. I was there for like a good three minutes. I recorded it on my phone. I looked like a child. I was very curious. My mind was blown. And I was just like, why is that happening? Then I got into the physics and I got into the, oh, why is it, you know, this angular momentum? Why is it moving like this? Why is it moving like that? Um, mm, I'm sure about you, everyone. <laughs> tangent again. But that's to say... Sometimes it's good to think, you know, about these simple things we do every day, eat, drink, 
speak to people. I mean, why do we speak to people? It's mm. just the vibration of our vocal cords that let us emit a sound. Yeah. And then I'm speaking the language of English. Why am I speaking the language of English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big questions everywhere, but yeah. I mean, like another question I was thinking of, like when we were talking about emotions, it's like, okay, we talked about emotions. They're a very complex thing. Sure. Yeah, great. Right. But then like, if if emotions really boil down to levels of different hormones and neurotransmitters and whatnot, and yeah. I speak very generally because again, I don't know much about the topic. Oh, um, yeah, not not very much at all. Like, why why have we given a certain level of a certain hormone joy or love or like wh- why these like why these names? Like, I think about this a lot, right? Which is like, you know. We, I, I'm doing a, I'm doing a module, uh, a non-computing module this year called Collective Intelligence. Right? We, collective we, Intelligence. Collective Intelligence. And like the details of that we can talk about another time. But like the very first lecture we were talking about, like what is intelligence? And the, you know, the people were talking about what intelligence is and what like allows one to be intelligent. Um, and like, I, I didn't say this, but I was thinking at the time, like, is part of being intelligent the fact that we can put words to all these things in the first place? Do you, like, do, do you get what I mean? Yeah. Right? It's kind of like, yes, we can have all these things, but what also makes us intelligent is the fact that we can speak about them. Yeah. Right? We can put whatever we're saying into some sort of communi- communication mechanism that, that is very intelligent of us to that do people that. people understand. And this, this relates to bigger questions, like where does language come from and... As I was saying, yeah, you know, why do we speak? How do we speak? Where is language? What is language? Yeah. Yeah. There's all degrees on this stuff. Literally. There's there's books and everything. There's research on it going everywhere around the world every day. Science and non-science. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, I mean, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, the neurotransmitters and like neuroscience in general. Um, Like... I just want to shout out, like, this is is not a sponsorship shout out, but someone I find really interesting. Uh, is like Andrew Huberman. Have you heard of him? Familiar name. Yeah. So Andrew Andrew Huberman uh, is a neuroscientist and he has a podcast called The Huberman Lab. The Huberman Lab is basically like, yeah, he invites guests over. Or he, does, he does like solo episodes where he talks about like all things neuroscience and how that relates to our daily lives. Might need that for my module. Um, yeah, it's good. Like it's yeah, generally, gen- like, genuinely really good. Like like does the and he answers these big questions like so one 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 was like what was it what was it it was like um like what is the science behind motivation or like um you know why is sleep so important and then just the, the stuff that we're like we're kind of questioning anything here. about the emotions there is the thing is like like what I'm trying to improve is like my ability to retain information because I listened to these like months ago and I don't remember much of it yeah um so i'm trying to improve my ability to like you know actually take in information and like remember it and like not necessarily apply it but apply it in some cases yeah um but yeah that that was like a random sort of shout out but um yeah i do like do like his content so if anyone's like getting interested in this conversation and thinking like oh yeah i want to learn more about science behind everyday things then definitely definitely check out human lab for sure um i'm gonna check him out you should that's really interesting you should yeah but um yeah there's so much we just don't know right there's a lot we don't know but isn't that exciting what if we knew everything 
That'd be, yeah, that'd be kind of boring. That yeah. would. I, I posed this question to my flatmate like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, like, imagine if we just knew everything, right? I think the biggest beauty in life is learning. At yeah. least in my eyes, I think everyone has a different definition of, you know, what, what do they find the most enjoyment and satisfaction? Mm. For me, it's learning. I think learning about new things, knowing that you can't learn everything yeah. is a scary but very exciting thing. Knowing that there's so much we don't know, mm. so much that's not discovered. We don't even know, I think, 90% of our ocean. Yeah. that's. I'm probably butchering that statistic, but a significant amount of our ocean we have never seen before on our yeah. Earth. Like, this is the Earth we lived in for X hundred thousands of years. Yeah. You know, you know, this conversation reminds me of another, like, podcast episode. I do this a lot, by the way, as a sidetrack. Like, it just reminds me of something I've, like, listened or, like, read, and I was just saying. Yeah. Um, but mm, some of you may have heard of, like, the Joe Rogan Experience. Um, the Joe Rogan Experience. First podcast I listened to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, early on, he had um, a guest over. What's his name? Uh, I think his name is Firaz Zahabi. Is that his name? That I think that's it. He has two episodes with him. The later one, it's a three-hour, it's a three-hour-long like episode, as Jeremy Experience episodes yeah. normally are. But the last hour, they talk about things like where has knowledge even come from? Like everything we know, right? Is it actually fact? Right? It's like it's the most tri- it's the most trippy conversation. Maybe. Were you, they high? No, no, no. Because he smokes weed on his podcast. All no, the time. no, yeah, he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't high in this one, but like. It was the most trippy conversation you will ever listen to. It like it makes you doubt everything. It's like like so. Firas Sahabi was basically making the argument that like, you know, everything that we consider to be fact isn't necessarily fact. It's just a bunch of things that have happened enough times for it to be considered a trend, right? Yeah. And like once it once it's like once we consider it to be a trend, then it's something that must happen all the time, right? Yeah. Um, like he gives the example of like, okay, say you toss a coin, right? What what's gonna happen? You have a fifty percent probability of getting heads or tails, right? So yeah. I, I either land on ha- either land on heads, either land on tails, right? There's now, the very there's the zero point a million zeros. Oh plus yeah, one sure. Like, like, ignore that. Side, ignore okay. that. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're ignoring that. Yeah, fine. Um, now imagine that. You're part of an experiment. You've never seen a coin before. You've never seen it being flipped before. Yeah. Right. And let's say in a hypothetical world that you flip it 50 times and each 50 times in the middle of the air, it turns to a butterfly. Right. Okay. Right. So the question he poses is, okay, now let's say he flips it at 51st time. What do you think will happen? If the first 50 times you see it turn into a butterfly, right. 51st time it should turn into a butterfly yeah, as well. Exactly. Right. So he basically says, like, everything, like, a lot of what we consider to be fact isn't actually fact, and there's different kinds of facts, basically. Um, there's, like, I, no, I don't, I'm not going to butcher what he said, because I, I recommend, like, people listen to this. Um, he talks about this, like, amongst other things, but he's basically saying, like, yeah, like, technically everything we know can be questioned, right? Like, why, yeah. Like nothing is hundred percent certain, basically. And like I remember, re- like watch, I've watched this like four times over the years. And every time I'm just like, mm, this is this is does not feel right. Like like 
for like a good half an hour after I listened to this, I questioned what gravity was. I was just like, well, what is gravity, right? Einstein thinks it's waves. He he poses it was witches, which is putting you down to the earth. Could be, you know, like why wouldn't why why can't it be? Tell, can't like it be? tell me tell me scientifically why it can be. Magic right? isn't real. Who knows? Who knows? Why? Just because you say that, I got a fun idea for a "What's on Your Mind" episode. Yeah, go on. Let's just get high as balls one time <laughs> and talk about this. We can get a few episodes in, and it would be a fun day. <laughs> Mate, just, yeah. just, just implement, just, just but, do a dur- just but, do a again. But, but I'll argue and say some things are proven. You know, it took three hundred and sixty pages to prove that one plus one equals two. Yeah, yeah. And it goes deeper and deeper. Than There's that. a deep logical proof into that. In short, if you want me to tell you, it's it's just to say that if the number one belongs to one basket, I was, I'm going to say set. Um, set is the um, mathematical way yeah. it belongs to one basket mm-hmm. and the other mathematical number one belongs to another basket if you put the two baskets together you would have one and one in the same basket yeah that has to be two mm. but there was of course a lot of mathematical jargon which i don't understand yeah and with that <laughs> unfortunately we have to like pause and like let we need to think about these questions and think about the more and more questions that we really take. left people with some questions to think about. <laughs> yeah, well, I left you left me with questions to think about for sure. Um, but yeah, dude, with that, I'll let you get on with your day and have a good one. You too, man. Cool. See ya.